calling all campers, Leslie Samuel here, your camp director, back again to get you pumped up for something awesome. It's that time again, it's time for Creator Camp 2024. We took everything you loved from last year and stepped it up a notch. Yet we're back and better and man oh man, we're excited to have you join us. Now you may be asking, what's in store for this year's Creator Camp? Well, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine an epic kickoff party where new friendships spark and old ones rekindle. Imagine rubbing shoulders with not just the awesome workshop leaders, but also the amazing Ecamm team. Imagine having interactive, hands-on sessions where industry leaders share insights in fields that you're passionate about. Well, you just imagine Creator Camp 2024. Reconnect with the Ecamm fam, and of course, meals and beverages are all a part of your journey with us. Expect exciting activities and local excursions. What is it gonna be this time? Wine tasting, scavenger hunt, an evening of stargazing? <laughs> I'm not telling, at least not yet. This year's Creator Camp isn't just an event, it's an adventure. The Ecamm fam is taking over Amesbury, Massachusetts again, and trust me, you wanna be right there in the middle of the magic. So pack up your essentials, your laptop, your camera, and of course, your energy, and gear up for an unforgettable escapade at Creator Camp 2024. We can't wait to see all your smiling faces back together again. We'll see you at Creator Camp. Let's do this. And welcome to the flow. I am Doc Rocket, community manager for Ecamm Live, with my co-host Katie Fox. Hey, Katie Fox. <laughs> wow. Hey, Doc Rock. This is kind of cool. We're in our spot. I'm not over there hogging up all of your space at the big desk. <laughs> it feels so empty and lonely over here. I'm like, oh no, there's no one here anymore. Yeah, I'm sorry. I am super no, sorry. All good. Um, I am kind of feeling that I might have to move the jury down here to the office instead of in the kitchen because I just yeah. want to across the room and press the button for a cup of coffee. But we are back in action doing the flow. And today we would like to introduce you to something new. Uh, first of all, we're going to go through our regularly scheduled program and answer our questions at the end. And we are recording this live on our YouTube channel that we do every single Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern. But today we did something really special and we have Mr. Luis Vega, a.k.a. Mr. Camera Junkie, remote producing. So we are an official podcast because we have a producer. <laughs> it's so much fun having a podcast producer. We're gonna, we'll have to share some fun behind the scenes clips and talk through what that process and that experience is like, because I think a lot of people have questions about that. So if you are one of those people that have questions about it, let us know what your questions are. And maybe we'll do an entire episode where we cover remote production and how to produce a podcast or a live show using Ecamm. That is very, very insightful. And I think it would be even good to talk about how I came up with the reflow. Yeah, the reflow. <laughs> And it's good to call out that sometimes you need a reflow when you had an original flow. So we had an original plan and then we reflowed it. You know, I think a lot of people get stuck in the fact that these plans are, are liquid, right? They get stuck mm -hmm. in the thing that the plan is the plan, but sometimes you have to make the plan liquid so you can find out what works best for all parties involved. 
And the number one reason why we went to a remote producer is because Luis has always been our editor. And mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier to edit when you already know what to expect from expecting. Nice movie. Well, yeah. And you have all the files up front. So that means that we're Luis is not waiting for Doc and I to send and upload and, and pass along files later. And then, like, while we're doing this and he's producing, he can make little notes here and there. And he even has the ability to chime in from the back if we needed to hear the disembodied voice of El Vega. <laughs> I actually made a scene in the files. There's a scene called producer. So he could load his camera up at any given moment and cut in. You see this a lot in Howard Stern and some of the other, like, radio shows that are televised. Every once in a while, you'll see the producer cut in and say, you know, so forth, so on, and et cetera, right? So it has happened. I like my favorite of this genre would be Wally on Seth Meyers when Wally comes in. But Wally's just a cute guy. But now they've made Wally a big figure of the show. So Wally actually has part of the jokes. And you'll often see the producers of various shows chime in and you'll see them with their headsets on and saying things. So. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I think it, I think it's going to be really fun. So get ready for us to force Luis on the screen more often. <laughs> oh. Luis at the exact same time Aiden says something and then he's going to be like, I can't, I can't come. Well, actually, I think to to sidestep into our topic for today, one of the main reasons why we needed to reflow was that we have this very specific plan and vision for the flow in which we are doing more than just podcasting. We're creating all kinds of pieces of content at the same time. So having a producer is that first step in making sure that the final file that we're going to cut up and use in a bunch of different ways gets to the first person faster so that we're more efficient and we're creating a better workflow. So yeah, so I think it's a good kind of intro into today's topic all about content repurposing is if that is your mission and what you're doing with your live show or with your podcast, then you need to be constantly asking yourself, are you doing it as effectively and efficiently as you can be? And if not, what are those changes that you can do to make it easier on yourself or on your team so that it does become second nature and moves a lot faster? It wasn't moving crazy slow for us, but it was creating delays that were unnecessary. And we're podcasting every single week we do need to be able to save as much time as we can because we are doing other things during the week as well. Not that we don't just live and breathe podcasting, but we're doing other things during the week as well. I like that. I like the idea of living and breathing podcasting because it is a thing. <laughs> I've definitely been listening to a lot. It's a funny thing. When you start your own podcast, you may have already been listening to podcasts, but one of the things you will almost automatically do is start listening to more podcasts. Oh, yeah. Live things up. Well, um, the... Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and um, yeah, Sean. Smartless. Uh, what the heck is Sean's last name? Smart. Oh, Sean. Um, oh, man, now all I can think of is Sean Cannell, and that's not who it is. <laughs> not yet, uh, I swear to you. Hey, there you go. I was going to say, I swear to you. Um, yeah. yeah, that is so good. That is so, so good. The Ricky Gervais episode just recently came out, and it was really, really good. So, yes, yeah. that's a good to listen to if you want to hear just what it's like to do a casual podcast that is very good yeah yeah i have i almost have too many favorites at this point i can't (laughs) (laughs) you just always i'm just walking around with headphones in my ears 24 7 favorite kids (laughs) yeah exactly you can't pick favorite kids can't pick favorite podcasts not possible All right, let's talk about some repurposing right now. What exactly is podcast repurposing? 
Yeah, well, we'll see. What does podcast repurposing mean to you, Katie, as a marketing director? Oh, my goodness. That's a great question. I think as we're thinking specifically about it, it's an intentional workflow. And so the thought isn't just that we're podcasting and putting out audio-only content on the major podcast platforms, but we're really creating an entire community around multiple pieces of content that we're putting in the places where we know those audiences live. So in the case of a podcast repurposing, we obviously know we, we need the audio out there. We are obviously a video podcast. So we, you know, we're also building a YouTube audience of YouTube live studio audience members. And we're building a YouTube audience of replay viewers who are stumbling across our videos or our replay videos and getting to know us a lot better. But then we're, you know, we're we're sprinkling, as as Stephanie Liu always puts it, our digital confetti, our content out across all the social platforms in various ways and across our blog. So we're putting our podcast in all of these different places in the form that is most impactful for the audience that's there. So if people want to read, they can get the content by reading. If people want to listen, they can get it by listening. If they want to watch, they can get it by watching. If they want it short, they can get little clips of it and just be able to get that digestible content we're being really intentional about that from the start. Yeah, you know, for me, I want to call it the Starbucks strategy. This is the Schultz strategy. Mm. The the thing that made Starbucks great, now I have a distinct memory of walking into my first ever Starbucks when they were only basically in Washington and San Francisco. Oh. Like they had it, you know, spread all over it. And there was one of the original 10 was built next to the Moscone Center in San Francisco. And I was going for a Macworld conference, like back in the era of the uh, titanium, no, actually the 12 inch power book. Now I remember it's right about the 12 inch power book. If you guys remember, that was a square notebook, like perfectly mm-hmm. square. One of the best power books ever made. We went to go find this coffee shop, Starbucks. And I was just hearing that, you know, it's coming from Seattle and like, like it's a thing. Still not that much people drinking coffee in the middle of the day. So Starbucks strategy was put one on every corner. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> they went for the, if I constantly see a Starbucks, you start thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And I remember maybe like two or three years later when the first one popped up in Hawaii and before the end of the year, there were seven of them in Hawaii. And I was mm-hmm. like, why did they make so many? But then, you know, later you hear there's like 10 in Hawaii and now I think there's 38. <laughs> and our island, anybody who's been here knows our island is not that huge. Right. And then you go like pretty much any major city, they're everywhere. So I'm thinking of this repurposing thing similar to that. The advantage yep. of taking these clips and putting them in all the places where people might bump into you and accidentally discover you, you are increasing your chances for your podcast to grow. And you don't have to be, hey, look at me, look at me about it. You can just drip little Hansel and Gretel crumbs everywhere. And people will end up finding you and bringing value to something they like or comfort to their busy day or allowing them a little moment of escapism. Whatever your podcast subject matter is about, having those crumbs in places where people can discover them is more likely to help you grow your show. Yeah, and I think you're you're also being, in your Starbucks analogy, you're being respectful of the way that people want to interact with you and the way that they want to consume your content. So Starbucks was like, you know, people who live on one side of Hawaii are not going to want to drive all the way to the other side of Hawaii, even if they love coffee and they've heard about us and they want, you know, they really want to experience us. We need to make it convenient for them in the same way 
we need to make it convenient for all of our listeners and potential listeners and viewers to consume our content. And that might be that someone watches clips of your show on IG Reels for years before they ever say, oh, you know, I have an extra hour right now. I'm taking the dog for a walk or I'm cleaning or I'm driving or whatever. I can check out, you know, what this experience is like in a audio podcast environment. I think you've made that convenient and you've been there consistently for them in the way that they want to and like to consume content. That's much better than just being like, hey, my podcast is only over here. Catch me when you can. And, you know, or just saying that out loud and broadcasting that out loud on different platforms. No one wants to hear that. No one wants to hear come to my store, come to my store, come to my store, come to my store. They they want to get the value out of the content first, see if they know, like, and trust you, you know, and then after a while, if it's convenient for them and they know you and like you, then maybe they'll make a change from being an Instagram person to a podcast person or a blog reader to a podcast person or a podcast person to a YouTube person. It People have built up the, that routine and that consistency and you're not going to easily change them just because you're shouting <laughs> or shouting the loudest. That is super funny. All I can think of is catch me outside. How about that? (laughs) All right. Let's head into our first question. What content can you turn your podcast into? Oh, my goodness. I love this question. Yeah, it's funny because normally Katie asks me the question, but I need to (laughs) ask this to Katie because Katie is just amazing at this. So I had to flip the question situation this one time. Sorry, Kate. Go. No, no, it's good. This is my episode. I get to talk. I love it. Okay, so there's there's a ton of them. I think Mike Alton says 26. I've heard people say hundreds. It depends on how deep you want to break it into. But the basic categories are video. So you can start with a live video. So let's say we start with live video since that's what we're doing. So we start with a live video. We record in front of a live audience. So that's our live video, one piece of content. The replay video that YouTube is automatically going to move from live to replay once we are off air, (laughs) no longer on air. That's two. That's a replay video that people are going to discover and consume and ask questions for. And it's continuing to kind of build a life on YouTube. Um, Then we send that video over to Luis and he edits it down to just the core content. So it's a shorter video, which then we re-upload into a separate playlist on YouTube as a replay video. So that's a shorter video. That's three. We could break that video down into shorter video clips in either vertical or horizontal, so let's say four or five, that we could put out onto YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, Facebook posts, Twitter, et cetera, right? Those are our social posts. We can take the transcript using our favorite tool over at Descript. We can grab that transcript and we can turn that into a blog post or a PDF article. So that's, what are we at? Seven and eight, if we count both of those as separate pieces. And then we have the, obviously the podcast, the audio side of it, right? So that's nine. We could also do from the audio side of it, we could do audiograms, which are, you know, visual interpretations of just audio and not video. So that's 10. And then if you have like guest on or you have any additional people, you can turn that into a product review or a testimonial video or a graphic with a quote on it. So the, all of those are additional pieces of content that you can be able to get out across various places. So, you know, at Ecamm, almost every live video and certainly this podcast that we do, if, you know, Doc or I say something really awesome or catchy or highlight, you know, one of the Ecamm features or we have a guest on that, 
just says like, oh my goodness, I love everything about what you're doing. I can clip that out and that can become a testimonial or a quote or a review that we can put on our website and in different places. I think I got to 10 or 11, but certainly you can do more depending on what your workflow is like. But the basics are get it into a watchable video format, get it into a listenable audio format, get it short, short form digestible content, and then get it into a written format so that it's searchable and, and discoverable by all the players. So Baseline four, and then you can go much deeper if you want to. <laughs> I want to add uh, two more to the list. Um, oh, awesome. So it turns out that after you get a couple episodes in your belt, you can generate digest, right? And especially if you're doing a podcast about something that's sort of linear or there's a growth aspect to it, you can be 10 things we learned over the podcast this season. Right. So you can drop that out as a PDF for people diving into the next season. You can do like Cliff Notes versions as PDF takeaways as well. Now, you could also generate a course or books out of the things that have basically come out of your podcast. So, for instance, someone like Ash Borland or Pat Flynn or, you know, some of our other creators who have really been doing podcasts for a long time, they could generate an entire book just out of the things that they've said in their podcast over say the, the last 99 to hundred episodes. One of the advantages of being prolific is you get quicker to being able to print a printable copy of something from your podcast. Yeah. You do get into the habit of creating content in this live to tape quote unquote format and it does make it significantly easier. You know, I come from a writing background where I used to have to sit there for hours, you know, you're putting in all of the research, you're staring at that blinking cursor being like, okay, what, you know, what is the best title? How do I lay this out? Talking it out. I mean, you still have to do obviously all the research in the topic that you're presenting, but talking it out, especially talking it out with a guest or with a co-host makes it much easier later to take that content reflow it or, you know, reorganize it. The text is all there. You've said it, you've put it all down. You've put it all down. It's a much faster process to take an existing piece of content, whether it's audio or video, and turn that into a blog post than it is to write a blog post or a course or an article or a PDF based on an idea you have. It is much easier to start talking that through when you have people contributing to that conversation questions coming up, you're going to end up with a much more inclusive piece of content than if you had just sat there and written it by yourself. Very true. Very true. Man, just there's so many possibilities. It's kind of funny because I don't think that automatically when you do it, you think of all of the many things that you can do. However, when you start creating them, you realize you have been consuming clips and pieces <laughs> of podcasts forever. Yep. There's an entire show on HBO that came out of the Adnan Syed case because of cereal, right? There's yep. been several documentaries about it. So, I mean, talk about the ultimate repurposing right there. You might even end up on an HBO show, right? And yeah, yeah. I just thought of it too, because you and Karen are both in the middle of the book or Karen's almost done. Actually, take it back. She finished it yesterday. I'm done. I'm a fast reader. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. So she finished it yesterday. And again, there's a podcast host who basically started their show during a pandemic and basically in two and a half years wrote an entire book. And now the book is a bestseller. They're uh, no pun intended. They're killing it. 
Yeah. <laughs> cool thing about that that's really important to drive home to all of you listening and watching is that that podcast host, shout out to our friends at Morbid, who don't know we exist, but we love them nonetheless. But shout out to our friends at Morbid. They built a community, right? A community of listeners who were putting them in their ears every single week, sometimes multiple times a week, who were binging their show at a time where people didn't have a ton else to do. We were stuck in our homes. We were trying to find ways and outlets to de-stress or to you know, make things feel somewhat normal. And so when it came time for her to want to write a book and to finish her book, which she had been wanting to do for forever, she had a built-in audience. So launching that book was significantly easier. So, you know, if you're sitting here and you're like, oh, I really want to start this business or I really want to grow a membership or have a course, starting with a podcast and really putting the work in to find those followers and that audience and that community in all of those places where you're sprinkling your content you know, that's going to make it so much easier when it does come time to say, hey, you know, I just launched my awesome new t-shirt line or I wrote a book or I'm launching this course. You have a a built-in audience of people who know the content you're bringing to them is valuable, like you know you and trust you and are much, much more likely to not only purchase that item, but to be diehard fans. I mean, that book launched and everyone shared video clips of how excited that they were or pre-ordering it. Or I mean, they had a built campaign without even needing to do the work in building the campaign. Their fans built the campaign for them and were off and running. So that kind of momentum comes from putting in the work and doing the community aspect of it and really making yourself accessible to your community. That must have been cool to enjoy as a fan, but as a fan that has experience in book publishing and promoting, (laughs) like from the marketing (laughs) aspect of marketing a book. So you saw it totally different than many of the other people to do that. And now that experience itself is your own and it probably drags you deeper into the morbid verse, if you will. Yeah. That sounds weird unless you know what we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, morbid. If you don't know, morbid is a true crime podcast. It's awesome if you want to listen to a true crime podcast. I will say that like, it's often funny for me as a marketing professional to kind of experience situations like this where we're really good content repurposing gets me. (laughs) So they were talking almost every single episode about the release of this book. And, you know, they're like, you should pre-order a copy. And they had a bunch of fun gimmicks and tactics where if you pre-ordered a copy, you could get, you know, XYZ thing or, you know, things that were popping up. And I totally was like, yeah, I'm in. Like, I'll, you know, I'll pre-order copies. I pre-ordered a copy. And then I'm invested, right? Then, you know, when they were like, oh, now we have new t-shirts, we have this new stuff that's coming out. And, you know, and then I'm scrolling through Instagram. I see their information about the book pop up. Someone's commenting about how they have like cool glow in the dark socks. I'm like, I'm a sock person. I'm like it. You end up because you put it in the place. I, I listen to the podcast. They don't have a video side of things, but they have an Instagram channel and the content on their Instagram is not exactly the same as the content that goes onto their podcast but it's just similar enough that it makes me want to go there as well. And people who are there, it gets them thinking, oh, I'm missing the whole story behind these images or this video that I want to be able to listen to this podcast. So in repurposing, you're not just putting the same content in the same form everywhere. Today, you know, we're doing our first podcast that's remote produced. So putting out a little short video clip that I take with my phone that talks through like what that experience is like or sharing some of the like fun 
900 screen captures that I got of Doc looking down. <laughs> All of those would be great repurposed content, even though none of that was in the actual podcast episode. But it's just enough that people that are seeing it are like, oh, I've always wondered how to do that. And we're not even talking about that today, remote production, but we will in an upcoming episode. We might catch some people that'll come over and check it out here on YouTube or want to listen to the podcast on the podcast platform. So another good thing to keep in mind is that repurposing doesn't always mean I put the same piece of content in multiple places. It means really thinking about your content as having an A to Z life and how can you build those little pieces of content alongside your main piece that catches attention and pulls people in. That makes sense. Okay, so this is kind of funny because you somewhat alluded to our second point. So <laughs> let's drop the second point. And Katie, you read this one. What are your top repurposing tips? You covered one of my first ones. And <laughs> I'm sorry. It the top <laughs> repurposing tip. But you did it accidentally without knowing it. And I think this is a very important. So I want to make sure that we illuminate this perfectly. Every platform is different. Let me reiterate that for the people at home who are like, they didn't hear me the first time, but just in case, every platform is different. Do not take something that you made for TikTok and pick it up and drop it on IG and then pick it up and drop it on YouTube and then pick it up and drop it on LinkedIn. They all perform slightly differently. You can lead into head and tail a clip. So what do I mean by head and tail a clip? Say you have a clip right here where you say, and this is the most valuable piece of information that you're ever going to get from our particular podcast. You can take that and in front of it, you can say, from this week's episode, I had a chance to interview Jared Spinks and this is something I think you should hear. Insert the clip and it'd be like, at the end, go, if you want to see more, make sure you drop off whatever. That works really well on, on like LinkedIn. That will not work really well on IG. You see what I mean? LinkedIn people are ready for the direction. They are ready for the tell me where to go. Tell me where to, mm -hmm. go. Tell me where to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or that clip may link into a, a quote that a brilliance that Jared gave during the interview that could either be a graphic and not have any video or text behind it and point back to the full episode or could be a video clip of him saying something brilliant that has burned on captions on it so people can read it if they're scrolling through. Yeah, 100%. Right. And like, for instance, your own homemade captions in your favorite program, they work really well in many places. But I'm going to tell you right now on IG, use the built in IG captioner. They, for whatever reason, because it's their house, happen to give you a little bit more love on the algo if you use their built in captioner versus make your own. I like to make my own. I think they look cool. And I think it just adds a different visual spot that might grab someone's eyes organically. But if you're an algo tweaker, then you might want to use the built-in one from IG. Now, what I often do is export the built-in one from IG and I'll put it somewhere else just because it looks different and it catches an eye, you know, and that may or may not, you know, do very well on YouTube, but you got to make sure that you do it before you get the burned in IG logo. Do not post videos of another logo on another thing. So do not roll up into the Pepsi factory with a Coke in your hand. <laughs> Decked out in Coke gear. Yeah. It's super silly. And I don't know why everyone does that. And I guess the part that tempts you to do that is you see videos and things with millions of views on it that have, you know, the TikTok logo and stuff. 
that those mostly were created before the platforms are decided that they were going to go out of their way to block this stuff. So there's tools out there to help you if you forget to pull down a clean copy before you post it. There's tools out there that will help you get it without the watermark. But every platform is a little different. They have a different culture. So produce for the right platform. It's just so much simpler. Yeah, exactly. And just because you see it working doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do or that it's going to work for you. So, you know, there's a lot of content out there. That, that is working and it might just be that that person has a much bigger platform than you do or they got in before there were algorithm updates or changes, you know, or they've paid for it. Like, who knows what kinds of things they're doing or what rules they're breaking. It doesn't mean it's the right thing. So get to know the platforms, I think, is a hugely important tip and something that is going to be helpful regardless of whether you're a podcaster or just creating content for a business or for yourself. They are really different and they need to be treated differently. Well, you also, I think the big takeaway there from something you just said is you got to define what is working. A bunch of vanity views that don't amount to anything doesn't necessarily mean it's working. And of course, mm-hmm. this has been reiterated a lot, but famously, one of the top, you know, TikTok creators thought she could hold an event because she got millions of people on TikTok and nobody came. And it's not the same thing. Like it's a whole different ball of wax. You know, what's funny is, this existed long before TikTok. So there was a nightclub here that a partner of my James and I, we used to bring in like 2000 people every Friday and Saturday night for like three years solid. Right. And the management decided one day that they wanted to be cocky and someone told them that they could make more money. Now that the party is established, they could bring in a lesser DJ. I can say that cockily. And continue to do the party without us because everyone's coming to their club. Not that everybody Mm -hmm. was coming to their club because of us in their head, because, well, they paid the mortgage. Everybody was coming to their club because of them. So they basically gave us an ultimatum and we didn't like it. So we quit and they thought their party was going to rock on the very next weekend. They were listening to crickets rubbing. And they're like, how in the exact heck did that happen? You know, and the fun part of it is moments later, we realized that we go to a place, we take the party to them and we don't actually work like as employees for a club ever again. We just basically carry the party around. And it's funny, but it goes to show you that it's not often what you think when you see the success that you see the success. So don't be stuck in the vanity side of it because it can completely bite you in the okole or the butt. And I'm pretty sure if DJ Rob is here, he has been through a similar experience because every club owner tries it. <laughs> every club owner tries it. And DJ Rob is a big time headliner in Vegas. So I'm sure he's been through it. So yeah, that's just the thing. And remember that each platform is different. Your culture is different. You really don't understand how people connect with you unless you bother to ask. Yeah. And I would say too, to know what your, I mean, and this is true outside of podcasting as well, but really have a good understanding of what your goals are and are those goals actually ones that are benefiting your business? And do you have too many? You know, I am have been in the past notorious for this. Having like 10 goals is not going to work. Have one goal, have one goal. And then when you hit it, great, go to the next goal. Have two at, a, at an absolute max, but 10 different goals isn't going to get there for you. And the similar thing, you know, when we're talking about repurposing, there's a lot, as we just said, there's a ton of different kinds of content that you can create that doesn't mean that you need to start with all of that. 
That doesn't mean that you can't add those things on as you build out your team or get into a really good workflow. All of this is liquid. All of this is malleable. You can make any changes along the way. So I would say if you are able to just get started, get to your number seven podcast, see how things are going, then set (laughs) the next goal or the goal and then think through how you want to approach your repurposing. You know, maybe it's just for the first seven episodes you're just going to get out to those podcast platforms. You're just going to get audio out. Great. And then on episode eight, you're like, hey, now we're going to open it up to a a live studio audience. We're going to have video and audio available. Awesome. Do that for a little bit. When that's working and you're in that really great state and you're able to do that consistently, then think through how you're going to approach adding social clips or a blog post or whatever else it is. It's okay to walk before you run. It's okay to crawl before you walk. You don't need to do all of it just because someone like us has told you that there's 26 pieces of content and you have to be doing all of them. You don't have to be doing all of them. You can intentionally never do all of them. Like you could intentionally only ever do an audio podcast or a video podcast or just have two things or three things. That's okay too. It's really about being consistent with it and taking your time to really build it correctly. Correct. That's super valuable. And then I guess the last thing that I would want to ask is, do you have any particular tips that is like your go-to when it comes to repurposing? I think we've covered most of them. I would just double down again and say that I, Marshall and I are the absolute worst for doing the absolute most, which is now my favorite saying that he's been saying during Marshall Creates. But I am absolutely guilty of this. He is better with the details than I am. But I'm always the person that's like, you know, I think I have time and I think we can we can do more of this. Get it right first. Don't get it right just for a couple of weeks. Get it right for a good couple of months till you really, really feel solid and then bring on that awesome new idea and then bring on that great new tool and then, bring, you know, add on that extra piece of repurposing. But really give yourself a little bit of breathing space. Give yourself some room. I know my whole team is laughing at me. I'm sure Caleb is like, I roll. But, <laughs> but, but seriously, I... As someone who's not good at this, let me preach it to myself as well as to all of you out there that give yourself some breathing space to get it to where it's beyond where you want it to be. Like it's so solid that you really feel confident and then think through how you're going to take it to that next level because you don't have to do the most. You don't have to do all of it. You just have to show up consistently. (laughs) That's the base level is showing up consistently And then you can think through all of this content repurposing and how you're going to approach everything else step by step. See, that's perfect. Test pass, test pass, test pass, test pass, like 20 times. One of us is married to an engineer. (laughs) Exactly. And there's a reason why I'm married to an engineer, because (laughs) I am definitely not that. I am the person that's like, oh, shiny. Or I, I think I have tons of time. And you know what? I do have tons of time until I say yes to absolutely everything. And even then, I probably can still pull it off until there's a wrench that gets thrown in, which happens to us all, right? So just because you can hold 19 things doesn't mean that there's not going to be like a dog that's going to run at your feet and knock you to the ground. Doesn't matter how many things you're holding, you're going down. So it's better to, you know, it's better to take it slow. We find out firsthand when you test your abilities against Massachusetts traffic. Exactly, right? We'll leave it at that. (laughs) Okay, so let's get to the last point. This is good. I like this one. All right. How do you create an efficient content repurposing workflow for your podcast? You know, 
I think you just kind of covered it. I was going to say, I think we covered it, but let's we'll break it down again. Start with one, get really good at it over the course of, say, six, seven, eight, maybe 10 episodes, and yep. then add another, and yep. then add another, and then add another. Again, each time, letting it rock the litmus test of how well you can get that flow out. So I believe what you just stated is one way. I think another way, and this is something that Michelle from LBC Branding is extremely good at, is mm-hmm. creating a flow board, as you will. She uses a Trello. Template, yeah. You can mm-hmm. click up. You can do it with Notion, whatever. You could use Apple Notes. Make yourself a list, sort of like we did for the new flow, show flow. Yeah, yeah, checklist, yeah. Make the checklist and go down that sucker. Right. Yep. And you even stated after I made the flow exactly how I made it, you go, hey, but you didn't put in the parts about how are we going to repurpose all these clips? And I was like, oh, yeah, because normally you do that. So it didn't dawn on me. But as a solo producer, someone's going to need to know that as well. So eventually what we'll want to do is add those to the to the show flow so everyone can see it. And then maybe we'll just make it public, you know, because nothing nothing like you guys can see how we do it. You're going to we adjust it swim together. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're going to adjust it according. Oh, I mean, I got to take the swear words out of the document. Dang. Um, <laughs> you can adjust it to how it works for you. And you can see that you're going to always have to adjust it. And I think most people misunderstand that, right? Like in a very weird analogy, but this is just how analogy worked for me. If you go to ramen in Hawaii and you ask for, okay, I'll get the spicy miso. They'll be like, what level? And you'd be like, what do you mean what level? Because in Hawaii, spicy miso is going to come uh, levels one through 10. <laughs> and then in that levels one through 10, you might think that, oh, I could just jump in the middle and go to five. No, by the time you get to five, it's deadly. And I am a heat eater. Like I eat heat like really good, but holy yeah. crap. I can't imagine the people that can go all the way up to 10. They are superhuman. So even with something like that, you need to kind of know where you are and do yeah. start at level one, fam. Like just test it. Right when the sweat starts to be and Louise talked about it, when you get that little sweat pop up, <laughs> but it doesn't drip. Do you haven't quite hit your limit when you get the next level and the sweat actually starts to move? That's about a good place to stop because everything after that is going to cost body pain. Yeah. And I, that's an amazing analogy because I think mixed in there as well is that everyone tastes spicy differently and it's okay. It's not the same as like a pass fail, right? It's You're not like, if I don't get to level seven, I've failed. If I don't get to level 10, I'm not perfect. No, some people are only ever going to be a one because that's the level of spicy that works for them. <laughs> some people are only ever going to be at four because that's the level of spicy that works for them. So you need to figure out what your content repurposing plan is what audiences you want to reach, where, what kinds of content you want to create, what's within your time and your bandwidth, what you're able to do, how big your team is, how big you want your team to be. All of those things are considerations as you're finding out your content spicy level, right? So, you know, mine may only ever be a five and five may be like, amazing. I'm awesome. This is where I want to be. And I may have to work my way from one to five to get there. But I'm not going to, once I get to five, be like, well, crap, I'm not at 10 yet. I need to work my way up to 10. 10 never makes sense to me. There is still the planning that goes into it to really think through what makes the most sense for you. And there's constant evaluation and tweaking. What is working? What is not working? The stuff that's not working, 
get rid of. The stuff that's working, double down on as much as you're able to do within your time limits and time spans. It's so good. It's so good. The last day we spent in New York, I had the ability to take Luis to eat ramen after we talked about it for like two I'm weeks. So, I'm week. so jealous. I didn't get any ramen. <laughs> got ramen. And when Luis took his hat off, you could just see the little dots. And I was like, oh, you got that perfect spice level. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. When you walk outside, it's cool, right? Because yeah. one of the common questions is, it's so hot in Japan and so humid. Why do people eat ramen in the summertime? For that reason. If you can get the bee bubble when you walk outside, that cools you down. So yeah. that's why. But yes, anyway, I like the idea of testing your spicy level. Because, yep. hey, I know people who say black pepper is spicy, and I look at them like, family, what did your mama do to you? <laughs> but they know that about themselves. So those but people are exactly. not going to, they're not going to sit down at the ramen place and order themselves a level 10 spicy bowl of ramen. They're like, no, pepper is spicy. I'm going to get a non spicy bowl of ramen. And they're exactly. going to be happy with that. Because they know going in where they're at and they know where I, they I want to push themselves. From failure, right? Because you're starting, you're starting, even before you get started, you're giving yourself a reasonable expectation. And so I would think another important segment of the strategy is give yourself a reasonable expectation. Yeah. Right. Like don't be unrealistic with your expectations. I tend to work from no expectations whatsoever and I adjust by data. Yeah. Right. I know that Katie's not like this because we had this conversation in the car. <laughs> I go by data and results. Like I don't, e- I never expect anything because I hate being disappointed. It's not a yep. thing. I blame my birth father for that. Like I can't stand disappointment. So I just don't expect anything. And that way, yep. whatever happens, I can work accordingly. So yep. I think it's important for you that if you start say, I'm going to put these out and, you know, I'm going to get 15 new users, readers, viewers, watchers, whatever this week. And you get two that you're not butthurt by that. Right. Yeah. If you go in and say, I'm going to make this with the intent of growing those two is growth. And then you can Hercules, Hercules, right. You feel better. And what, and what made those two come double down on that? What, what got those two in the door? Stop worrying so much about why the other eight didn't show. <laughs> start start thinking through what made it magical for those two. You won those two over. Why do more of that? That's what you need to do more of. So good. We got two good ones today. <laughs> we got the podcast spicy level. <laughs> it's going to be our new t-shirt, our new t-shirt. We have all these people asking today. I'm wearing my favorite of our t-shirts, which is like our Ecamm vintage t-shirt. And they're on the merch shop. So everyone here who has been asking and listeners, if you don't see this because you're listening, you obviously need to be hanging out in our YouTube studio audience or swing by and grab our replay video because that's two pieces of content that we've created. But this t-shirt is definitely hands down one of my favorite because it's it's yellow and it's vintage and it feels super fun. I'm just all, only every day living in Ecamm t-shirts because it's really fun to make them and it's even more fun to wear them. So I'm doing it entirely for me, folks. If you like them, that's great, but I'm in the t-shirt <laughs> business for me. I really like the retro t-shirt. I just looked at this and it gave me an idea. We need to make the 12 days of ECAB and I'm going to be 11 Lords of Leaping in the podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) 11 Lords of Leaping in the podcasting. I love it. Actually, speaking of Leaping in the podcasting, as we're wrapping here, just a reminder to absolutely everyone listening or watching or our amazing live studio audience we had such a blast at Leap Into Podcasting. So huge thank you to everyone that signed up or that showed up with us live. But just because you may have missed it does not mean you've missed it. We have replay videos available. We unlocked the portal with all of our replay videos. 
this week, yesterday. It's a blur. It's only Tuesday. <laughs> this week is yesterday. So if you grab a guide, the physical one that Doc is holding up or a digital copy of the guide, you will get an email from us that gives you a login to our portal. And the portal includes not just this year's replay videos, but videos from 2020 and 2021. So there's over a hundred videos. Literally every topic in the world of live streaming and podcasting is covered in these videos. And you'll get the guide. So you'll be able to jot down notes and you know any ideas that you have for your own podcast. You can start outlining those using the template. So it's a really amazing value at $25 American. It's not a ton and it would be a really great opportunity. We'd love for you to dive into that content and then let us know. Maybe there is something that's missing or something you want to dive deeper on. Email us, flow at ecam.com and we'd love to cover that on an episode of the podcast. There you go. There you go. Man, this is a great episode. I think it's one of the things that people definitely are starting to understand is the content repurposing and repurposing mm-hmm. for podcasts, especially I'm even watching some of the bigger podcasts, like do whole entire clips channels just because they have really yeah. long shows and yeah. things like that. So you just never know. So it's a good time to experiment. You have a couple of months. And for those who haven't started their podcast, yes, I'm telling you the time is nigh. You kind of mm-hmm. want to get it at least going before the end of the year. Podcast is just growing and it's going to grow more. So this is a good time to be in the podcasting business. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, Doc, where can they find us? Luis Flasher, awesome. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Look at that. We got a producer, yo. We like legit. Look at that production quality. Anywhere podcasts get this guy, you can get us on the Apple iTunes store or Spotify, Amazon Music, you know, everywhere, Google Stitcher, the above. You can also just go straight to flow.ecam.com. That's flow.ecam.com. You can also just scan the QR code. And before we close this out, I want to give you guys a really, really quick reminder to go and check out Speedify. You can find them at S-P-E-E-D-I-F-Y. I often say Spotify with my face, but I know it's Speedify because it will save your bacon. It works like an absolute champ. Whenever you're in a situation where you have spotty internet, or you just want to give yourself a little bit of comfort level. So again, two leaps in a row this year doing leap. The internet decided to go goofy because, hey, Massachusetts. I feel like Massachusetts hates us. I think it's probably just Amesbury specifically because Amesbury um, is the second town ever invented in the United States of America. (laughs) So um, (laughs) when we had a little dip in internet performance, Speedify was able to keep it going. And I even sent out tweets. It, you know, I got a, a notification that Speedify basically saved our bacon like seven or eight times in the middle of day two. It was really weird. Something about day two and leap. <laughs> we always have some kind of weird internet thing. So next year, leap is going to be 15 minutes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you know what I absolutely love though about it? Uh, and shout out to our friends at Speedify for for having this as like a feature, I guess, for lack of a better word, is that. It had this amazing thing. I think I got a screenshot of it, but it was just like, Speedify just saved your stream. It would have be this like very reassuring pop-up where you're, you would be live or interacting with an audience or having a speaker on. And it would just kind of slide up to the side, like, don't worry, we got you. We got this. <laughs> slide back down, which is all you want. You're like, oh my goodness, like things would have gone wrong. It, you would know this better than me, but it sort of reminds me of like a mom when your kid gets about three or four years old and they're constantly running around knocking things over and dropping it. 
but you're catching it before it falls. You just put it up and kind of smile to the store clerk. Like, don't worry, I got it. Like you just mom saved it, but the kid has no clue. Right. And you're just running out, you know, like, Oh, caught this, caught that, or, you know, so things like that. That's it. I think that that speedify is like a mom walking around for a toddler for your internet there. I said it, this first, this first, Alex is going to go, how do we work that into our marketing? <laughs> they need like a fun, like mascot that just like pops up, you know, like, like a non obnoxious version of like Clippy from Word where it just like slides in and it's like, I got you. And then like disappears again. Like, so it doesn't even have to have words. It could just be like, got this, got, got this. Just, just, just throw the quick little shock of, hey boss, it's good. Yeah, exactly. No problem. It, it was about to go bad, but I got it. So thank you, Speedify, for just, again, keeping our bacon safe and for helping us with the flow by being a great sponsor. I just got to say that they tell you in the business always, I've been at this for a long time from radio to TV, whatever. They tell you in the business always, you want sponsors for products that you know and love. This is one of those cases. Like I absolutely have know the program and love the program. It is 100% amazing. And yeah, I wish they did have an affiliate program, but I do believe that the hardest part about that is Alex won't listen to me and triple the price because it's only like $4. So <laughs> if I sign somebody up, they're not going to save me 12 cents. Like what I'm going to do, you know, so, I don't know. So it's true. too cheap. It is ridiculously too cheap. So definitely do it before one day that dude wakes up and goes, you know what? Doc is right. Let's raise the price to $12. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, it's so true. All right. Are we ready to go to questions? I'm scrolling through yeah, to see if I see questions. any here. Thank you guys for listening to another fantastic episode of The Flow. We would now drop into Q&A, which you can be a part of by showing up every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern. That's 12 noon Eastern when the Aysbury horn goes. <laughs> that is when it is time to be here for The Flow. And now we will see you next week. Thank you, Katie, for awesome questions today. And thank you guys for being part of The Flow. And one time for the Flow Riders. Whoop, whoop. <laughs>
I'm not telling, at least not yet. This year's Creator Camp isn't just an event, it's an adventure. The Ecamm fam is taking over Amesbury, Massachusetts again, and trust me, you wanna be right there in the middle of the magic. So pack up your essentials, your laptop, your camera, and of course your energy, and gear up for an unforgettable escapade at Creator Camp 2024. We can't wait to see all your smiling faces back together again. We'll see you at Creator Camp. Let's do this.